Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is based on actual X-Files cases. The accident in the lab, the quantum bombardment. You believe that altered you physically? <laughs> you, could, you could say that. All you've given me is a name. Chester Ray Banton. Dr. Chester Ray Banton. It'll kill you. It doesn't care who you are. My shadow isn't mine. It's like a black hole. Dead men can't keep promises. He believes the government is out to get him. It's tax season, so do most Americans. Welcome back to X-Files Truth. Today's file is Soft Light. X-File number, classified. The plot. At a hotel in Richmond, Virginia, a man named Chester Banton visits one of the rooms seeking a person named Morris. Banton's shouts and knocking attract the attention of Patrick Newarth, a guest in the room across the hall. When Newarth looks through his peephole, Banton's shadow slips beneath the door and causes Newarth to suddenly evaporate, leaving a burn mark on the floor. Banton realizes what has happened and he flees the scene. Newarth's death, the latest in several, is assigned to local detective Kelly Ryan. She seeks help from Scully, her former instructor at the FBI Academy. Fox Mulder also takes part in the investigation, believing Newarth died from spontaneous human combustion. Two apparent abductions in less than a month, and then this one last night. According to my contact, the Richmond PD's hit a brick wall, so I told her we'd come down and have a look. Who's your contact? My name's Kelly Ryan. She was one of my students when I was teaching at the academy. She's just been bumped up to detective, and she's a little nervous about her supervisor finding out the FBI are involved. Kelly? Agent Scully. Hi. Hi. This is Agent Mulder. Hi. Thank you for coming. Hello. Heard a lot about you. We'll talk later. The uh, missing man is Patrick Newworth, age 52. He's a top executive with Morley Tobacco, up from Raleigh-Durham for a meeting. He arrived on an evening train. How do you know he's missing? Well, he said a wake-up call for 6 a.m. this morning. When the operator tried to place it, there was no answer. Mm, scotch. It looks like he barely touched it. Needless to say, he missed his meeting. Uh, they waited three hours before sending hotel security up. The door was locked, security chain fastened, and when they broke in, no Patrick Newworth. 
Windows? Locked from the inside. We're six stories up, no fire escape. No way in or out of this room. Asia Scully, what are you looking at? Oh, the heat register. You don't think anyone could have squeezed in there. You never know. While searching the home of an earlier victim, the agents realized that both she and Newarth had recently traveled by train. Meanwhile, Banton sits in a train terminal, cautiously looking at the floor because the room is lit by soft light, so his shadow cannot be seen. After he leaves, Banton is confronted by two police officers patrolling the area. Despite Banton's warnings, the officers step into his shadow and disappear, leaving more burn marks. The following day, while reviewing the train station's surveillance tapes, Mulder sees footage of Banton staring at the floor. After blowing up the frame, Mulder sees the logo for a company called Polarity Magnetics on Banton's jacket. The agents visit Polarity Magnetics, where they meet a scientist named Christopher Davy. He identifies Banton, a physicist conducting research into dark matter. Davy reveals that Banton disappeared five weeks earlier after an incident in his laboratory in which he was locked in a target room with an active particle accelerator and was exposed to large amounts of subatomic particles. His account is enough for Scully to consider spontaneous human combustion, but Mulder is now doubtful of this theory. The agents eventually find and corner Banton at the train station. Banton declares that walking into a shadow will kill the agents, so Mulder shoots the overhead lights. Stop right there! Dr. Banton! Please, just leave me alone. We're federal agents, Dr. Ben. You don't understand. You're making a big mistake. Stay away from me. Wait! It'll kill you. It doesn't care who you are. Alleviated Banton allows himself to be taken to a mental hospital in Piedmont where he's put in a room with soft light per his own request. He tells the agents that the deaths have all been accidents and that he's fearful the government will apprehend him. The accidents in the lab, the quantum bombardment, you believe that altered you physically? <laughs> you, could, you could say that. Can you tell us how? Even if I could, you wouldn't understand. But it has something to do with dark matter. It has everything to do with dark matter. My shadow isn't mine. It's like a black hole. It splits molecules into component atoms. It unzips electrons from their orbits, reduces matter into pure energy. That's how you killed Gail Ann Lambert? Wasn't me. You have no control over it? If I could control it, do you think I would let it go around killing people? All I can do is study it, try and divine its, its true nature before they do. They? The government. They're after me. And when they find me, they're going to do the brain suck they've just been dying to do. Brain suck. For the purpose of 
for the purpose of stealing what has taken me years to accomplish. And don't think they wouldn't kill to get it. What if they, if they killed you, then wouldn't your shadow just disappear? Who knows? Mulder contacts his informant, X, but X reassures him that the government has no interest in Banton. All you've given me is a name. Chester Ray Bannon. Dr. Chester Ray Bannon. Do you know? No. Should I? He's being held by the Richmond police in connection with several bizarre murders. He's a physicist, researching quarks, gluons, dark matter. He believes the government is out to get him. It's tax season. So do most Americans. He believes his life is in danger. Is he a dangerous man? Yes. Where is he being held? at the Yellow Psychiatric Hospital, but not for long. I'm afraid I can't help you. Why? The last time I helped you, I blooded my fist and regrettably exposed my identity to associates of yours. Yes, I know. And you can trust them as you trust me, I promise. Dead men can't keep promises. The next time the blood and regret could be yours. I'm not at your beck and call, Agent Mulder. I have nothing to gain and everything to lose by helping you. Promise you won't contact me again unless absolutely necessary. Despite this, X and two associates later attempt to remove Dr. Banton from the hospital. In doing so, the two attendants are killed after they step into Banton's shadow. Banton and X then flee from the hospital. Banton returns to Polarity Magnetics and is confronted by Ryan, whom he kills with a shadow in self-defense. Banton tries to convince Davy to destroy him with the particle accelerator, but Davy reveals that he has been helping the government hunt him down. After Davy locks Banton in his lab, X shoots him. Mulder and Scully arrive soon after at the lab, seemingly too late to save Banton being vaporized by the accelerator. The case is considered closed, but then Mulder notices that Davy disappeared after the incidents. The episode ends as X enters a research facility where experiments are being performed on Banton. Hand in your field report. And now for my field report for Soft Light. Soft Light is a lot better than I remembered. I remember it being good, but when I rewatched it, it was um, a lot more interesting. And I kind of forgot a couple parts too, so it still seemed like there was a twist to the story. So it was a really good one. Uh, I also like how they tied in Morley Tobacco. One of the first disappearances was uh, the guy that worked for Morley Tobacco. So that was kind of a nice little tie-in to uh, the syndicate a little bit. Even though this is not a mythology, but it was a nice little connection. Uh, also the heat duct, when Scully sees the heat duct in the room, it was like a little reference to tombs without really saying it, but Mulder and Scully kind of look at each other and they, they both remember that case, so I like how they reference tombs without really referencing it, but without really mentioning it. So like I said, this is not a mythology, but it definitely is a hybrid because they have X in it. I love how they bring him in. Uh, he played a good role in this one, made it a little edgier. So it's definitely a hybrid. And it's a good hybrid too, definitely. So so compared to other hybrids, it's probably like an 8, 8.5. It, it's uh, definitely a good episode, really good episode. I enjoyed rewatching it. Uh, for the sequelizer, it's definitely got a high potential for a sequel because uh, Banton's still alive. He's being, you know, experimented on, so anything could happen there. It'd be great if they did a sequel on that one. Uh, compared to other shows on TV, it's more like a nine. So, pending any further evidence, this case, Soft Light, is filed open. So now let's hand it up to Chelsea in the chem lab and see what we have for the chemistry between Mulder and Scully for Soft Light. 
everyone, Agent Chelsea here. This week's episode is Soft Light. Now, right off the bat, we get a nice scene with Mulder and Scully. Scully introduces Mulder to her former student, Kelly Ryan. Kelly says, oh, I've heard so much about you. Mulder turns to Scully and says, we'll talk later. Soon after Mulder gives his out there theory to Detective Ryan, Scully chases after him and basically is like, are you kidding me, Mulder? Are you trying to feed in more to your reputation? While this scene feels very season one, Scully handles this situation in a new way. She doesn't get on him about it. She just reminds him that there's no scientific proof, and then she moves on. One last scene I want to talk about. Just after Mulder and Scully are pulled out of questioning Banton, Scully covers for Detective Ryan in regards to why they're there, and she pulls Mulder away with her. Mulder is not happy with this. He basically tells her that she's choosing to encourage Detective Ryan rather than try to dig into the case. Scully is absolutely right in saying that she's a woman trying to run in the boys club, but I also think Mulder's right in saying that Scully is better than that, and that she doesn't put herself over the case. I think that's absolutely a fair statement. Mulder has a lot of respect for Scully. She's not trying so hard to fit in. She's just doing her job. Her character is not all about a woman trying to be just as good as the guys. She's just really good at what she does, and Mulder understands that difference. Alright, that's about it for the Mulder and Scully scenes. I think overall this is a good episode. I kind of like that it feels like season one, but you realize how much these characters have evolved since then, and how their partnership has changed. Plus, people falling into a black hole is just awesome. (laughs) So, I'm going to rate this episode 3 out of 5. How did you all like this episode? Let us know at xfilestruth at live.com. Counterintelligence. Inside information. This is Agent Stone with Counterintelligence with X 2.23 Soft Light. Original air date May 5th, 1995. Written by Vince Gilligan, directed by James Contner. My shadow isn't mine. I believe we've covered spontaneous human combustion, and I think we'll save black holes and particle acceleration for another time, so for today, we'll take a look at soft light, shadows, and dark matter. Soft light refers to light that tends to wrap around objects, casting shadows with soft edges. The softness of the light depends mostly on the following two factors. Distance, the closer the light source, the softer it becomes and the size of light source. The larger the source, the softer it becomes. The softness of a light source can also be determined by the angle between the illuminated object and the length of the light source. 
the longest dimension that is perpendicular to the object being lit. The larger this angle is, the softer the light source. Soft light use in popular in cinematography and film, as it casts shadowless light, it can fill lighting as soft light can reduce shadows without creating additional shadows, can make a subject matter appear more beautiful or youthful through making wrinkles less visible, and it can supplement the lighting from practicals, as this technique is used to perform motivated lightning, where all light in the scene appears to come from practical light sources in the scene, soft light does not cast shadows that would be a giveaway of a supplementary light source. A shadow is an area where direct light from a light source cannot reach due to obstruction by an object. It occupies all the space behind an opaque object with light in front of it. The cross-section of a shadow is a two-dimensional silhouette or reverse projection of the object blocking the light. The sun causes many objects to have shadows, and at certain times of the day, when the sun is at certain heights, the lengths of shadows change. An astronomical object casts human visible shadows when its apparent magnitude is equal or lower than negative four. Currently, the only astronomical objects able to produce visible shadows on Earth are the sun, the moon, and in the right conditions, the planet Venus. For a non-point source of light, the shadow is divided into the umbra and penumbra. The wider the light source, the more blurred the shadow. If two penumbras overlap, the shadows appear to attract and merge. This is known as the shadow blister effect. If there are multiple light sources that are multiple shadows, with overlapping parts darker or a combination of colors. For a person or object touching the surface, like a person standing on the ground or a pole in the ground, these converge at the point of touch. The farther the distance from the object blocking the light to the surface of projection, the larger the silhouette. They are considered proportional. Also, if the object is moving, the shadow cast by the object will project an image with dimensions expanding proportionately faster than the object's own rate of movement. The increase of size and movement is also true if the distance between the object of interference and the light source are closer. This, however, does not mean the shadow may move faster than light, even when projected at vast distances such as light years. The loss of light, which projects the shadow, will move towards the surface of projection at light speed. The misconception is that the edge of a shadow moves along a wall, when in actuality, the increase of a shadow's length is part of a new projection which will propagate at the speed of light from the object of interference. Since there is no actual communication between points in a shadow, except for reflection or interference of light at the speed of light, a shadow that projects over a surface of large distances or light years cannot give information between those two distances with the shadow's edge. In astronomy and cosmology, dark matter is a type of matter hypothesized to account for a large part of the total mass in the universe. Dark matter cannot be seen directly with telescopes. Evidently, it neither emits nor absorbs light or other electromagnetic radiation at any significant level. Instead, its existence and properties are inferred from its gravitational effects on visible matter, radiation, and the large-scale structure of the universe. Dark matter is estimated to constitute 84% of the matter in the universe and 23% of the mass energy. Dark matter came to the attention of astrophysicists due to discrepancies between the mass of large astronomical objects determined from their gravitational effects and the mass calculated from the luminous matter they contain, such as stars, gas, and dust. 
It was first postulated by Jan Oort in 1932 to account for the orbital velocities of stars in the Milky Way, and Fritz Zwicky in 1933 to account for evidence of missing mass in the orbital velocities of galaxies and clusters. Subsequently, other observations have indicated the presence of dark matter in the universe, including the rotational speeds of galaxies, gravitational lensing of background objects by galaxy clusters such as the Bullet Cluster, and the temperature distribution of hot gas in galaxies and clusters of galaxies. According to consensus among cosmologists, dark matter is composed primarily of a new, not yet characterized type of subatomic particle. The search for this particle by a variety of means is one of the major efforts in particle physics today. Although the existence of dark matter is generally accepted by the mainstream scientific community, several alternative theories have been proposed to try to explain the anomalies for which dark matter is intended to account. Dark matter's existence is inferred from gravitational effects on visible matter and gravitational lensing of background radiation and was originally hypothesized to account for discrepancies between calculations of the mass of galaxies, clusters of galaxies, and the entire universe made through dynamical and general relativistic means and calculations based on the mass of the visible luminous matter these objects contain. The most widely accepted explanation for these phenomena is that dark matter exists and that it is most likely composed of heavy particles that interact only through gravity and possibly the weak force. However, alternate explanations have been proposed, and there is not yet sufficient experimental evidence to determine which is correct. Many experiments to detect proposed dark matter particles through non-gravitational means are underway. According to observations of structures larger than solar systems, as well as Big Bang cosmology interpreted under the Friedman equations and the FLRW metric, dark matter accounts for 23% of the mass energy content of the observable universe. Dark matter plays a central role in the state-of-the-art modeling of structure formation and galaxy evolution and has measurable effects on the Anistopheles observed in the cosmic microwave background. As important as dark matter is thought to be in the cosmos, direct evidence of its existence and a concrete understanding of its nature have remained elusive. Though the theory of dark matter remains the most widely accepted theory to explain the anomalies in observed galactic rotation, some alternative theoretical approaches have been developed which broadly fall into the categories of modified gravitational laws and quantum gravitational laws. Dark matter is crucial to the Big Bang model of cosmology as a component which corresponds directly to measurements of the parameters associated with Friedman cosmology solutions to general relativity. Although dark matter had historically been inferred by many astronomical observations, its composition long remained speculative. Early theories of dark matter concentrated on hidden heavy normal objects such as black holes, neutron stars, faint old white dwarfs, brown dwarfs as the possible candidates for dark matter, collectively known as MACHOs. Astronomical surveys failed to find enough of these hidden machos some hard-to-detect baronomic matter such as machos in some form of gas were additionally speculated to make a contribution to the overall dark matter content, but evidence indicated such would constitute only a small portion. The dark matter component has much more mass than the visible component of the universe. Only about 4.6% of the mass energy of the universe is ordinary matter. About 23% 
is thought to be composed of dark matter. The remaining 72% is thought to consist of dark energy, an even stranger component, distributed almost uniformly in space and with energy density non-evolving or slowly evolving with time. Determining the nature of this dark matter is one of the most important problems in modern cosmology and particle physics. It has been noted that the names dark matter and dark energy serve mainly as expressions of human ignorance, much like the marking of early maps with terra incognita. Historically, three categories of dark matter candidates had been postulated. The categories cold, warm, and hot refer to how far the particles could move due to random motions in the early universe before they slowed down due to the expansion of the universe. This is called the free-streaming length. Primordial density fluctuations smaller than this free-streaming length get washed out as particles move from overdense to underdense regions, while fluctuations larger than the free-streaming length are unaffected, therefore this free-streaming length sets a minimum scale for structure formation. Cold dark matter, or objects with a free-streaming length much smaller than a proto-galaxy, warm dark matter, particles with a free-streaming length similar to a proto-galaxy, Hot dark matter, particles with a free-streaming length much larger than a proto-galaxy. Though a fourth category had been considered early on called mixed dark matter, it was quickly eliminated since the discovery of dark energy. Although dark matter is the most popular theory to explain the various astronomical observations of galaxies and galaxy clusters, there has been no direct observational evidence of dark matter. Some alternative theories have been proposed to explain these observations without the need for a vast amount of undetected matter. They broadly fall into the categories of modified gravity laws and quantum gravity laws. The difference between modified gravity laws and quantum gravity laws is that modified gravity laws simply propose alternative behavior of gravity at astrophysical and cosmological scales without any regard to the quantum scale. Both posit that gravity behaves differently at different scales of the universe, making the laws established by Newton and Einstein insufficient. One group of alternative theories to dark matter assumes that the observed inconsistencies are due to an incomplete understanding of gravitation rather than to the presence of invisible matter. These theories propose to modify the laws of gravity. For now, I'd say this case is fictionally closed, so... The final word on soft light, I'll die before I let them use me. going on out there what's out there for soft light my first review comes from the blog the TV obsessed I have a soft spot for soft light no pun intended it's not a well-written episode but the scenes of people sucked into nothing from the shadow gets me every time the old-school visual effects are fun to watch in a tronish way the concept behind the science is cool, living dark matter after an accident, but the episode is amazingly devoid of any emotion whatsoever. Many bodies drop, and yet no one seems to care. 
Even when Scully's former student bites the dust, there isn't a second thought after than a funeral in which Scully looks sadly at her name. Once again, we see X cleaning up the mess, bypassing Mulder for his own ends. The revelation in the end is that the guy with the death shadows may not have been the one in the chamber after all, but another scientist. Mulder, who is forceful with Deep Throat, can't change what X does, but X helps sometimes, putting Mulder in a precarious position. Score 8.2 out of 10. This was a really nice, short, quick kind of review, um, and it basically covers everything. Um, I really like kind of the cool feel of it as well. They're just like, even though the episode wasn't super well written, it was still fun to watch with all of the, the dark matter science and whatnot. I kind of like the twist at the end, the fact that it may have been the other scientist. I think it was kind of a very, very last minute twist, but it kind of left you guessing, which X-Files really likes to do. So it does its job there. The next review comes from Unwelcome Commentary. The real point of interest in this episode is in the reappearance of X. His behavior here is remarkably disconcerting as we get real knowledge of his separate allegiances. The X-Files as a unit was being played with by the higher-ups only last week, and now Mulder is aware that they are being used almost as a stoolie to get the conspiracy what, what they want. Trust no one never felt so significant. It falls apart on closer inspection, but Soft Light is a great episode when it comes to characters. Both Mulder and Scully getting some great material, the latter in the in-over-her-head Detective Ryan, while the conceit of the hour is inspired. Also love the little reference to Eugene Toombs tucked into that one early scene. Nice. Rating B+. Now, I think that this review... I picked this review because I really like what they said about X, but I also like what they said about the little reference to Eugene Toombs because, like I mentioned in my review, I felt like this episode was very season one, and the fact that they mentioned Eugene Toombs, especially because, I don't know, the whole episode had the feel of Squeeze, you know, helping out Scully's friend, and the friend kind of not really understanding Mulder, things like that. It just kind of had that whole feel to it. So the fact that they mentioned it was just great. All right, the next thing I have for you is not necessarily a review, but Soft Light was actually mentioned in a top five episodes list. It comes from cultbox.co.uk, and their little blurb on it was, There was plenty of weird science going on over the course of the X-Files, and this episode is no exception. A rogue scientist is on the run after an experiment gone wrong leaves him with the inevitable prospect of having a shadow that can disintegrate people. There is some vague attempt to link it to plausible reality with some background involving particle accelerators and black hole experiments, but the root of this episode involves the primal terror of darkness and your own reflection combined with a healthy dose of pulp science. I just thought it was nice that this episode was mentioned in a top five episodes list because it doesn't seem like an episode that you would necessarily put there, but I think that it's great that someone thought it could be, and I liked what they wrote about it. Alright, that's what's out there for Soft Light.
got involved up at the North Town Mall. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know that that's where I happened. Character Profiles Profiles in Character This week's profile, Dr. Chester Banton, as portrayed by Tony Shalhoub. At a hotel in Richmond, Virginia, a man named Chester Banton visits one of the rooms seeking a person named Morris. Banton's shouts and knocking attract the attention of Patrick Newworth, a guest in the room across the hall. When Newworth looks through his peephole, Banton's shadow slips beneath the door and causes Newworth to suddenly evaporate, leaving a burn mark on the floor. Banton realizes what has happened and flees the scene. Newworth's death, the latest in several, is assigned to local detective Kelly Ryan. She seeks help from Dana Scully, her former instructor at the FBI Academy. Fox Mulder also takes part in the investigation, believing Newworth died from spontaneous human combustion. While searching the home of an earlier victim, the agents realize that both she and Newworth had recently traveled by train. Meanwhile, Banton sits in a train terminal, cautiously looking at the floor because the room is lit by soft light, where his shadow cannot be seen. After he leaves, Banton is confronted by two police officers patrolling the area. Despite Banton's warnings, the officers step into his shadow and disappear, leaving more burn marks. The following day, while reviewing the train station's surveillance tapes, Mulder sees footage of Banton staring at the floor. After blowing up the frame, Mulder sees the logo for a company called Polarity Magnetics on Banton's jacket. The agents visit Polarity Magnetics, where they meet a scientist named Christopher Davy. He identifies Banton as a physicist conducting research into dark matter. Davy reveals that Banton disappeared five weeks earlier after an incident in his laboratory in which he was locked in a target room with an active particle accelerator and was exposed to a large amount of subatomic particles. His account is enough for Scully to consider spontaneous human combustion, but Mulder is now doubtful of this theory. The agents eventually find and corner Banton at the train station. Banton declares that walking into his shadow would kill the agents, so Mulder shoots the overhead lights. An alleviated Banton allows himself to be taken to a mental hospital in Piedmont, where he's put in a room with soft light for his own request. He tells the agents that the accident in his laboratory caused his shadow to behave like a black hole, splitting atoms into component particles and reducing matter into pure energy. Banton claims that the deaths have all been accidents and that he is fearful the government's after him and wanting to perform a brain suck to learn what he knows and who they are willing to kill to obtain it, which risks unleashing the shadow force. Quote, if I die, there will be nothing left to tether this thing, he says. Mulder contacts his informant, X, but X assures him that the government has no interest in Banton. Despite this, though, X and two associates later attempt to remove Dr. Banton from the hospital. In doing so, the two attendants are killed after they step into Banton's shadow, Banton and X then flee the hospital. Banton returns to Polarity Magnetics and is confronted by Ryan, whom he kills with his shadow in self-defense. Banton tries to convince Davy to destroy him with the particle accelerator, but Davy reveals that he has been helping the government hunt him down. After Davy locks Banton in his lab, X shoots him. 
Mulder and Scully arrive shortly at the lab, seemingly too late to save Banton being vaporized by the accelerator. The case is considered closed, but then Mulder noticed that Davy disappeared after the incidents. The episode ends as X enters a research facility where he approaches a man in a lab coat who says, We'll be studying this man for a long time. As we see Banton hooked to electrodes, half-crazed, being subjected to a flashing white light over and over again. Tony Shalhoub is probably best remembered and known for his role of the title character in the long-running television series Monk, or perhaps in the series Wings. But he can also be seen in Barton Fink, Men in Black 1 and 2, Stark Raving Mad, the series, the Spy Kids movies, as a voice in the Cars animated features, and many more movies and television guest spots. Have you checked your email? I found these in my email this morning. And now, the female with the emails, Agent Chelsea. Okay, everyone, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us some feedback at, to our email address, which is xfilestruth at live.com. Also, feel free to like our Facebook page, check out our timeline, post your thoughts there, or comment on any of our links that we post. You can also leave an iTunes review and give us a rating of five stars out of five, or whatever your choice is, and leave us your thoughts on how you like the podcast all around, and if you think other listeners should listen to us as well. You can also check out our website, which is xfilestruth.com. There you can see all the links and songs that we have in this episode, and you can check them out for yourself. Also, you can leave us a comment there if you'd like, and find other ways to contact us as well. Hope you all enjoyed the episode, and talk to you soon. Files Truth, Mulder and Scully's search for a missing federal poultry inspector in a small Arkansas town leads to the discovery of the rural community's cannibalistic rituals that keep the locals from aging.
X-Files DNA. The end theme that I injected with X-Files DNA today is the X-Files main theme by Robert Miles. And to see all the artists and song info that we used on the show today, just go to xfilestruth.com. I'll also put up a link from eatthecorn.com. It's really great. You guys have to check it out. It's called Story and Visual Influences on the X-Files. And it goes through all nine seasons of the X-Files, comparing episodes of the X-Files to their influences uh, from other movies and stories. But you have to check it out. It has pictures and everything. So definitely check that out. It's uh, The link will be up at the website. So for Agent Chelsea, Agent Stone, and Agent M, this is Agent Shadow. And we will talk to you in two weeks. isn't mine. It's like a black hole. It splits molecules into component atoms. It unzips electrons from their orbits, reduces matter into pure energy. That's how you killed Gail Ann Lambert? Wasn't me. You have no control over it? If I could control it, do you think I would let it go around killing people? All I can do is study it, try and divine its, its true nature before they do. They.
last time I helped you, I blooded my fist and regrettably exposed my identity to associates of yours. Yes, I know. Trust them as you trust me. Dead men can't keep promises. The next time the blood and regret could be yours. Darkness covers a multitude of sins. register. You don't think anyone could have squeezed in there. You never know. I made this. 20th century box. Yes, I'm calling about the phobia. I have a phobia. Uh-huh. Uh, can I speak to you about it? Uh, well, is it that you wanted to make an appointment? Oh, it's just, it's funny because it's, I'm afraid. And I just wanted to talk to somebody about that. We don't have a hotline. Pardon me? We don't have a hotline. But, well, what are you doing there? Can I speak to you about my phobia? Well, I'm a secretary here. But maybe you could just help me along a little. Maybe. You never know. Right. You never, never know. What's your name? Oh, my name is Saul Rosenberg. Have you ever dealt with this before? Uh, 
Well, suddenly, suddenly, it all of a sudden came on, and it scares me. I'm afraid of my own shadow, and I, if I could just get some help with this, everywhere I turn, it's there. Could, please, maybe, maybe... Well, if you want to come in for counseling... I have this idea that my own shadow is always choking me, and he he gags me, and he's a... Never, have you ever gone for counseling? Uh, oh, you know, it's funny. It's a funny thing. He's always gagging and choking me. How old are you, sir? Pardon me? How old are you? Oh, about 50, 51, and he's always... You know, he creeps around me, and when I'm when I'm in the bedroom with myself, I'm always in a nice warm tub or something, and I put nice cream on myself. He's always there looking to choke me, and I'm. Uh, it, it's an awful thing. I think you definitely need need some help. But I would appreciate maybe for tonight at least you could help me through this misery. Um, there's no appointments tonight. But, okay, but I feel very silly. I feel so sad about this. Could you help me? Uh, I couldn't, no. I couldn't. But uh, a therapist might be able to. Oh, because he's always gagging me and choking me. And it's my own shadow. That's what's so scary. You've never gone for help before? No. You see? Oh, God, help us. God, help us, Jesus. God and baby Jesus, help us. When, when, he, oh, see, he always chokes me. Oh, uh, when you just... Oh. So, ah. Want to come in? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Ah. oh, God and baby Jesus. Could you help me? No, I couldn't. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.